So I'm really disappointed in myself. Um, I did not use my favorite portmanteau of all time on the last episode. Oh, uh, no. But, yeah. Normally, uh, I I was trying to say or work it in, you know, Blackula is like the best combination of two things ever. Uh, Black Vampire, you know, is just amazing. And uh, Blade being like the ultimate Blackula, other than the actual Blackula, you know. You missed Blackula on Blade? Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself. Me too. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I thought with how with how much you were with how amped you were to use that word just one time in a way that made sense. Yeah, I'm really shocked that you missed out on it. I can never find the right way to do it, mm. but I've done it today, so everything's mm-hmm. fine now. Yeah, you've got your daily allowance of the word blackula, so you're set. There you go. I'm never, I'm never allowed to say it in any other context, so. You're probably right, actually. <laughs> actually, <laughs> shit. Yeah, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Dracula's, Dracula's a vampire, and we, everyone, are going to host an episode of a show called Geek Squatch, a show all about '80s and '90s nerd nostalgia. I am your host this week. My name is Alex Hirsch. Uh, with me, we've got out there in sunny California, Caleb McAllister. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just living in the moment of being able to say words that are highly inappropriate in every other circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, relish the opportunity. I yes. Guess. In California? You know? Yeah. Hmm. You know, well, huh. I, I mean, I can say it in other places too, probably, <laughs> but you know, yeah, come to Virginia. You can say literally whatever That's you want. True. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. I'm yeah. in Texas. Just, yeah. Spit it out. Yeah, and so you're hearing a special guest. This week we have a special guest. This is Courtney Hi. joining us from, as she said, Texas. Courtney, how are you this week? Uh, doing good. Texas is uh, very wet, unusually. All that climate hmm. change and hurricanes. We have lots of flooding, unfortunately. <laughs> so just uh, getting my flippers out and making my way to work and back. Would you would you call it wet wet? Wexus? That's a bad. That's nothing. That's nothing. Just that's nothing. Um, I was trying to figure out how that like wet nexus had anything to do with you. No, it it didn't work out. I was trying to work out. I was trying to work out a portmanteau last night with Heather uh, between the word stoned mm-hmm. and the name Carl Malone, and all I could get was like Carl Malone. Like, are you serious? It stoned you, Malone. Yeah, it, well, yeah, yeah, but you missed the Carl portion. Then it could be any Malone. It could be Post Malone at that point. He has his own first name. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, this is not a basketball podcast, as I have proven uh, numerous times on our earlier episodes when we did trivia every week. Um, thanks, Colin, for making me still feel like an idiot for not knowing about Larry Bird. Um, <laughs> or who was it? It wasn't Larry Bird. It was Dennis yeah, Rodman. Dennis Rodman. I said Larry Bird. I'm a fucking idiot, man. The worm, everyone. <laughs> I should mention Courtney is uh, on the Lifeboat podcast, uh, which she co-produces with me. She's much better at it than I am because um, she's a better writer than I am and um, also has like a lot more time than I do, which is. Welcome to the social work life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and if you want to listen to that, you can find it on the Ninja Pancake Network um, or Facebook, the Lifeboat podcast. 
go to the Facebook page. We post links to the episode there. So if you're into politics and want to get on that, go to Facebook for the Lifeboat mm-hmm. Podcast. Yeah, man, if your Facebook wasn't already full of enough political shit, um, <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have this. It's true. Listen to just a bunch of people yell about it in your ears. Yeah, exactly. Now you're just volunteering to get shit posted directly into your brain. Um, this week, if you haven't noticed, uh, you know, based on the title of the podcast you're listening to currently, uh, we're covering Interview with the Vampire. Um, 1994's American Gothic horror film. You guys excited? You into this? Excited isn't the word that I would use. Um, I have I mean, words. Yeah, there's words to say. I There's things. All right, man. All right, man. Look, I gotta get this. I gotta get this out in the open, fucking upfront. Okay, okay. So I graduated high school in two thousand and six, right? Which means that I I dealt with my adolescence through. Get hear me out on this. Underworld, The Matrix, Lord of the Rings, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, mm-hmm. now. Courtney does not know me. This is, in fact, we've only just met minutes ago. But um, there was a time when Jan Bald Head was actually full of hair, very long hair. Um, I modeled a lot of my facial hair and head hair uh, choices in high school. And for probably too many years after high school, almost entirely on this movie. And uh, what's his name? Michael Michael Wincott in uh, The Crow. It's fair. That was absolutely my With shit. Michael Lee? This movie Michael is... Lee? No, no, no. That Michael was Jason Lee? Lee. Jason Lee? Wait. Was Michael... I'm... Brandon Lee. Brandon, was... Brandon Lee. Brandon mm. Lee. Brandon Lee was, was the crow, mm-hmm. but Michael Wincott was the bad guy whose oh, name right. yeah, is, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Okay. escaping me. He's the, the guy with the very gravelly mm-hmm. voice that mm-hmm. I can't even try to mimic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, the reason I bring that up is because this movie, if you talk shit on any single bit of the style or hair or clothing or anything else. This movie is look, man, this thing, this thing set a tone for me in like junior high where I was like, maybe I should just do this. Maybe, maybe I should be that guy. Girls, girls seem to like Orlando Bloom and also this movie. Maybe I'll be this guy for the next five years. Courtney, Uh, hate to disappoint you. I was going to ask. Yeah. (laughs) Are you? It it actually it actually did work out pretty well because I got a I got a long term girlfriend out of it who was like hella goth and it was it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That being said, um, hindsight makes it seem real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm a huge fan of this movie. I like it a lot. I liked it upon rewatching it. Um, I'm curious though because this movie is. The, okay, so of the people that I know who have seen it, who have ever, who I've ever talked to about this movie in passing, it's either you really, really love it, or it's just like the most kind of like, I don't know, cursory, like surface level trash to people, and that that seems to be like the two opinions I hear a lot. I'm curious. Uh, we'll start with Courtney. Courtney, what do you think about Interview with a Vampire? It was uh, it was underwhelming. Damn yo. Mm. Um, I know, I know a lot of people who love this movie. I, it came out when I was four. So just keep that in mind. And I, when Caleb first asked me to do it, I was like, I remember vaguely this scene of him sucking a poodle's blood. And I thought that was pretty badass. But then in rewatching it, it wasn't really as badass as I thought it was. Um, 
So yeah, and there's a lot of stylistic choices, which maybe at the time were budget necessary, but um, it was it was interesting. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So this is the last time you'll be hearing from Courtney throughout the entire episode. <laughs> Caleb. Yeah. What do you think about this movie? Um, so I remember seeing this movie in high school at somebody's house where I wasn't supposed to be watching it because there's boobies in it. Um, Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> there's full ass frontal nudity yeah, in this is. movie. This movie rules. Yes. Uh, lots of Merkins involved in the making of this movie. Hey, man. It, it was the style. Of the I time. know. Yeah. Like full on like 70s Bush uh, in this. Good yeah. For them. No, I, I'm not judging or anything. Um, can, I, can I say it was 1770s Bush? Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, seventeen. Yeah, seven. <laughs> good, nice. Eighteenth century Bush is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Creole Bush, actually, is point. Yeah, yeah. Out. Nice, nice artisanal eighteen seventies, seventeen seventies. Yeah, this is great. Uh, but um, but anyway, I watched it and I was riveted at the time by both Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt's performance. The first time that I ever really paid any attention to Brad Pitt was probably in watching this movie. And for Pitt's performance, which is understated for a reason, I really enjoy his part of the film. Um, Also, Tom Cruise is a perfect Lestat um, as far as, you know, embodying the character um, goes and then it's really weird now watching a young Kirsten Dunst like kiss Brad Pitt on the mouth. That's strange. Yeah. But yeah, I, I saw a thing where she said that Brad Pitt was her first yep. kiss, which would certainly make sense because I think she was like eight when this movie was made. So, you know, um, I had forgotten that that was Kirsten Dunst and was about three quarters of the way through the movie when I decided to just go ahead and pull up that IMDB and see who this girl was and was like, where is she today? Like, I bet, I bet she had some sort of like middling career, uh, through the nineties and then probably <laughs> faded, uh, once she hit like adolescence. Cause that's what happens to a lot of child actors. Um, and then I found out it was fucking Kirsten Dunst again. And it was like, Oh shit, that's right. <laughs> Never mind. Her career did fade away after Spider-Man too. Um, <laughs> poor girl. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> I love her personally. I, I'm, I'm a huge defender of Kirsten Dunst. No, she was great in that movie about Robert Dunst's wife. What no, is that what, what, what? what? It's the movie with Ryan Gosling where he plays Robert Durst. What? A... Only Durst I know. Only Durst in this household is Fred Durst. Okay, need you to understand that right now. I no, never. Uh, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. It must be a chick flick. Is it a chick flick? It's about Robert Durst, the guy that the HBO series was on, where he killed his wife. No. No. Nope, I yeah, got nothing. nothing. But I'm just going to go ahead and pull it up because uh, this seems a, pretty solid. I, I saw it because it was a Ryan Gosling movie and then she happened to play the wife who was murdered or disappeared. Yeah, okay. Well, All Good Things. All Good Things, yes, yes, yes. That movie. Oh. Uh, that was around 2010. That was after I'd sworn off all movies and TV for a while. Mm. Um, Ryan Gosling. Uh, should can we call him yeah. a friend of the show even if he doesn't know it? We gush about Ryan Gosling a lot on this show, like a lot. Yeah, he's our um, boy. Yeah, a good boy. Um, just look at his face; it's the same face in every piece of promo material he's ever done. Oh yeah. Um, a good boy. When you need when you have a face like that, you only need one. He's probably a vampire. Eh. To be fair, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, it, well, he had to have been turned at some point because. 
he was one of those musketeers when he was younger, and he was definitely younger then. So, because the question is, when did he get bitten? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we should do a, a, uh, a dream casting at the end of this because I think I could fit him in somewhere. Okay. Sure. Yeah, he always ends up in our dream casts anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, literally every time for me, it's every single time I pick Ryan Gosling or Idris Elba or both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has happened every time. Um, so this movie, holy shit. Uh, 1994 is when it came out, based on a novel by Anne Rice, which she wrote, if I'm not mistaken, 1976. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, Anne Rice. I would like to say that Anne Rice is the modern, uh, we'll, we'll say, we'll say uh, genesis of our idea for vampire culture, right? I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. Because before her, it was really like there were there were other stories about vampires to be sure, but to, before that, the only one that everyone knows is fucking Dracula, yeah, which was written like ninety years before she wrote this. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of astounding that she popped out of here with this trilogy of of vampire books um, that are actually pretty fucking good. Like they're they're pretty great. Um, I haven't read anything past the I think it's first three or maybe it's four uh i read them in high school it's been it's been a while but um yeah hell yeah taking taking this movie or taking this book rather uh into account i have to say that Anne rice is probably the most influential person aside from bram stoker on what we know about vampires as modern people well i mean except for the twilight stuff right i mean that's that's the sure yeah that's where we're at unfortunately I mean, you're not wrong. That is the more prolific thing for sure. Um, but I actually, in watching this movie, realized that a lot of Twilight... I mean, it's it's obvious, right? Because it's vampire shit. And that's how all vampire shit has been since Interview with a Vampire, since these books came out. But Twilight in particular is just straight up whole cloth ripping some shit oh, from yeah. this story. I mean, like the idea... I mean, at its core, at the core of what vampirism is. I mean, in talking about you know, the idea of how they're, how they're turned. Sure. That's kind of a common trope, but in that, like different vampires all kind of get different powers and they manifest in a strange way that like no one can really predict. Right. You know, let's, let's start at some point, um, you know, asks, uh, Louis, if he can read a lady's mind over there and he can't, and he's like, Oh, well, you know, it's worth trying. It, it, it manifests differently in everyone. Wait. And I was like, that's fucking wild. How, how they turn. Um, so well, I, yeah. I just wrote something out from something I remembered because how they turn is like you have to they have to bite the the, the vampire has to bite the person and suck their blood and then they ha- the vampire has to give their blood to the person and the I don't is that how it works in the Twilight universe? I am not an expert on this, but I have seen those movies at some point. Um, I could ask in a special guest real quick. Hold on, let's just find out. This is gonna be great. For, this, is, this is great audio yeah. here. Uh, hey, babe. <laughs> Hey, how do vampires turn in the Twilight movies? How do you, how do you turn someone into a vampire? You bite them. You just bite them. They don't you have to. Them. They don't have to drink any vamp blood. I don't think so. Okay. Uh-huh. Are you thinking of True Blood? I might be thinking of True Blood. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, wasn't like vamp a thing? Wasn't that like a drug? Yeah, it was a drug they would do to make them all hopped up, buck ass wild. So. Yo, True Blood was okay too. Well, by the way, well. I mean it got real bad, but it was okay for a minute. Okay. Well, no, I wrote it down because in Buffy, that's that's how it works in Buffy. So, mm, 
fuck, I forgot about Buffy. Yeah, that's how it works. I remember by her, the way, like, oh, you're going to turn me into a vampire by, like, sucking on my blood. And he's like, no, I have to suck your blood, and you have to suck my blood, and it's all just a big, like, blood fest, and so it's not worth it. Yeah. So. Some it's mutual mutual it. mastication. Mm-hmm. Lots of, lots of um, sucking of things going on in this. So. Yeah, man. I mean, vampires are erotic by nature. It is a it is an erotic mm-hmm. concept, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, I don't even know where to start with this. I guess we could go by plot, and I'm gonna uh, have Caleb do that because he does it every time, and I love having him do that. Well, especially on the fly, it's real fun. Um, I mean, this movie is essentially like it's a love story between two men who happen to be vampires, and they are pretty bad at a relationship because. They have to murder people to survive. And, uh, you know, because of that, the over domineering one decides to create a child for them because of, of course, you know, he doesn't bother to ask. He just does it. Uh, and that child happens to be a forever child because she's a vampire. And that's a lot of problems for this movie. I would say the majority of the problems and the conflict in the film are around Claudia. Cause you have Louis and you have mm-hmm. Lestat. Um, Louis was human. Lestat was a vampire before they met, makes him a vampire. Then they make Claudia and that works for a while until Claudia is like 30, 40, 50 years old and she's still a child and she's like staring at hot ladies and going like, how come I can't be a hot lady? And I mm-hmm. can't really tell her the truth because they have no, got no balls, you know, to, mm-hmm. to do that and break her heart, which they end up, she figures it out. She's not stupid. Um, and bravo to Kirsten Dunst for playing a full-on adult in this film when she's 11 years old, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst is yeah. amazing. And then um, um, they, they betray Lestat, Claudia does uh, specifically, but Louis is her accomplice. And they go to the old world because they're in New Orleans. They go to, um, first they go to Egypt and Transylvania. And then they and actually, I should point out, in the book, they find vampires in Transylvania. Um, or the old world um, before finding Marius and the rest of the mm-hmm. vampire troop. And in the book, they're just like mindless um, zombie, like vampires. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an existence. Also, I want to cut you off really fast because the thing about this movie, I think that sort of makes it, I think the thing that really makes this movie interesting for a first-time viewer is that the movie starts in modern times oh, with yes. Brad Pitt as mm-hmm, Lestat mm-hmm. Uh, giving oh, a, an interview being taped. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it's Louis. Um, uh, giving an, a taped interview to Daniel Malloy, who is played by one of my absolute favorite people, Christian Slater. Um, I only say that because of his role in Mr. Robot, and it's just it's <laughs> just that good. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, so the thing is, is you have this modern day thing. You know that Louis survives. You know that Louis exists in the modern world. Um, and there's this sort of interesting frame of narrative around him giving this interview. And so at times he's narrating. Mm-hmm. At times it cuts back to the modern uh, day when he's talking to uh, this character, Daniel. Um, I don't know. I just, I, You probably couldn't do it again. I'm sure other movies have done it uh, before or since, but you probably probably couldn't do it again to the same effect if someone has seen this movie for sure. Like it kind of it's a it's a neat one off framing device, I think. Yeah, I can can just say I because I haven't seen this movie in so long. It opened up and I was like, why are there lights? Why is there the San Francisco Bridge? I thought this took place in 1700 Paris 
I am so confused <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's an and it's an excellent point that like the juxtaposition of well, at the time modern day versus, you know, eighteenth um, century New Orleans and then eventually Paris, um is quite a juxtaposition to modern day and being in San Francisco. Um, it's just interesting. Like the, if you look at it now, like the themes um, do come through, like Louis's dress is kind of similar. He has a style, right. And mm-hmm. his hair is always the same. And they, they make a point of saying like, basically vampires can't grow or lose their hair, which I find interesting as far as aesthetics goes, you know, it's very weird. Mm-hmm. Man, what if you were going through one of those things like I did, man, where you just grow that shitty Three Musketeers goatee and you thought that it was cool for a little while and you got turned then and then like fucking Forever. a couple years go by and you're like, man, this just sucks. This is bad. What do you do? Well, I wrote down that uh, she had her Britney moment and then it was just ruined. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she tried. <laughs> she shaved her head. Yeah. And- no, no. Nope. <laughs> No catharsis to be mm-hmm. found in the uh, the 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 ever fucking blooming. I was just talking to Heather about this uh, the other night. How women can just and some men to an extent, depending on how much hair you have. I am not in that category. Uh, how they can just you can just change your entire look. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you go if you if you buzz your hair down and dye that shit purple, you you look like a different ass person. I don't get that power. That's why I grew a beard. <laughs> you can do that with your beard. It's, it's the only. It's the. It's the little bit of shit that I can actually change, like on on a on a regular basis. Yeah, your beard purple. Um. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. So, where were we? Oh, so like after trying to kill Lestat and and Louis and Claudia go to the old world. They find some. Uh, they find no one in the movie um, until they go to Paris, and in Paris they decided to stay for a while, and they find um, these this troupe of vampire actors. Who are led by Armand, who is played by Benicio, uh, not Benicio del Toro. Um, Don't uh, do that. I know, but he's the first person that came to my mind. There's a whole commercial about that. I know, <laughs> and now I'm blanking because I said the wrong thing. <laughs> Antonio <Banderas>. Banderas, <laughs> which he looks really good in this film, and he's a young, quite a bit younger than he is now, and he's a good-looking man in general. But like, um, his cheekbones are like super pronounced in this. Yeah, he has no forehead yeah, I mean, lines. No. Yeah. He's a smooth baby boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh I also appreciate I also appreciate Antonio Banderas quite a yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's a fine. I know actor. nothing about the man, but I mean he seems to be okay as an actor. Yeah, yeah, he's not like amazing, but he's he does a solid job, you know. Uh he's no Ben Affleck, shall we say. Mm-hmm. He's been in some cool fucking movies though. Yeah. Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would you cast as Ben Affleck in this Courtney? I would actually cast Christian Slater as Ben Affleck. I was thinking about it the entire time. Oh, and he has never yeah. done any any fantasy or anything pieces. But unless you've seen State of Play, he doesn't play the journalist in that, but he plays the politician who has to be like serious and really earnest in his stuff. He would be so great. And he would actually, whenever Bad Pitt turned around at the very beginning, he'd be like, no, fuck you. You're actually a vampire. I'm out. <laughs> That's, that checks out. Uh, so after they meet... Um, Marius, Antonio Banderas. Um, no, that's Armand. Armand, okay. sorry. I'm thinking there is a Marius in the uh, mm-hmm. the mythos. In it's the book. The, yeah, it's the other book. Mm-hmm. Um, after he meets Armand, uh, Louis kind of like has a little sexual attraction, a little emotional attraction, a little knowledge attraction, because what they're really looking for is the origins of vampires. 
And Armand seems to know something, but he's not really telling and kind of gets them to stick around. And in the process, Claudia is done with Louis. He's a downer. This whole movie, he's like, can't handle the fact that he's a vampire. He can't come to grips with the visceral nature of vampirism. And and he would rather sustain himself on rats, dogs, animal blood. Um, And only later in the film do we get the impression that he is killing people, but he doesn't seek them out. He kills people that are along his path um, with reluctance, it seems to be. In fact, they never show him taking a person, if I remember correctly. I I would disagree. Agree though is that that Claudia got fed up with him because she felt abandoned yet again, mm-hmm. and um, she saw that the uh, connection that he had with Armand, so she wanted him to make her a companion that could stick with her. And she found a woman who had lost a daughter, and so then she could find a permanent mother. And that's what I got from it was that she was um, upset and felt abandoned that Louis was essentially falling in love with somebody else. Yeah. You're probably right. right. I think there's a little bit of both because in the book and in the film, they make it clear like she has no qualms about killing and um, does so with the relish that Lestat has Mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. So um, I would think that would wear on her. I mean, she understands Louis better. I mean, I think she looks to him as more of a father figure than Lestat um, because Lestat's not a good figure, father figure at all um, for anyone ever. Mm -hmm. Not a good person. Um, not even really likable in this film. I mean, you kind of like him because he does some make some funny jokes, um, even though he's the, I guess, antagonist of all of Rice's vampire books. It's really funny that he's kind of considerably unlikable in this movie. Yeah, I mean, he's you know he serves a purpose, which is to drive Louis's motivations, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's like you you have to have a you have to have a Lestat like character to have someone as interesting as Louis exist. I mean, the thing about Brad Pitt's character is that he is, I mean, it's a little tropey and a little whatever, especially by today's standards, but there is something, I don't know, I, I would say romantic, uh, you know, which is a word that I don't necessarily want to use in a vampire fucking movie, but there, there was a romantic idea of the reluctant vampire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The one, the, 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 the one who is truly cursed mm-hmm. to, you know, not only never see daylight again, but also kill his fellow man. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's kind of astounding because you would think, I mean, fuck man, turn me into a vampire. I'm, I'm, I'm power hungry already. Let's go. <laughs> like, like give it to me. You know, um, I would not be that type of person. I don't think. Uh, so I think it's fascinating. Um, Lestat's uh, very one-dimensional. Yes, like he's just he's just a hedonist. You know what I mean? Just 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 living for every bit of pleasure that he can possibly eke out of existence. Yeah. Um. So I, w- I would argue too in the movie, not necessarily in the book, but Lestat plays the foil. As far as um, kind of the juxtaposition and kind of whimsical side to Louis's very serious, very kind of just side as well. Yeah, I would say that that Lestat's kind of like the the pan, you know, like the mischievous mm-hmm. god that created yeah. this toy for himself in Louis, mm-hmm. and because he is attracted to that oppositeness in in Louis, where Louis is melancholy, Louis is reflective, and he thought that'd be fun. Um, turns out, I don't think 
Lestat ends up thinking that's a lot of fun um, in the mm-hmm. end because he's always trying to poke and prod and and dig at Louis mm-hmm. to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. Although maybe that's what he's after. You know, somebody that he can do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Could I just wrote down that Tom Cruise was just very lonely and very horny and he needed a partner. Yeah. He needed to get laid a lot more, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So back to it again, this movie, there's nudity, right? There's like, there, this movie has like full on straight up nudity. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. This movie has scenes of, we could we could kind of call it gore, I guess, for your for your more like common sort of audience, right? For something that would pop out in a big theater that is not a gore movie, there's a good bit of blood and stuff like that. Um, the reason I bring this up is because they don't seem to have any qualms in the movie with showing things that would maybe upset a grandma, mm-hmm. right? But they still don't show. There's not even a tasteful fade to black. They still don't show any vampires fucking. Caleb. I know what you're going to say. We're here again. We're here again. Do vampires bone? I'm saying I don't think they bone, dude. (laughs) I don't think vampires fuck. I don't, I don't think they do it. I think that the vampires in the Anne Rice universe don't fuck. I'll, I'll, I'll Mm. go that far. A distinct, a distinction to make. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I love the idea of a vampire who is a tormented soul, right? Like, you know, you could learn to you you could put a uh, put a facade up and stomp around the world for a couple hundred years, killing people as much or as little as you'd like to, and that's all fine. But the idea that vampirism is truly a curse it is, for example, you can't fuck anymore. Like, imagine what that takes away from someone who likes fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is, I mean, that's insane to just to just not be able to do that. Can I can I tag on to that? So, yeah, so being a vampire makes you immortal, right? So assuming mm-hmm. that you can't fuck anymore, there's also the fact that you get to watch all of your friends and family die. Any companion that mm-hmm. you make who's not a vampire will eventually die. Um, if you get to live on for thousands of years, then eventually you become like a kind of god figure because time is just like an entrance for you. And so that brings me to my question is, why do so many of these vampires not have a fucking talent? Oh, like their talent. You have like, well, all of these years to practice. A lot of them do, though. I think, um, and I mean, I don't know. Probably not to the degree that they should. I mean, to your point, like you, you would think that every vampire would, at some point, someone like Lestat, someone, someone of Lestat's age, you would kind of think that he would be accomplished in a great many things. Something. <laughs> I mean, he was a good. He was a good you know? piano player. Yes, he could. Play, he could definitely yeah. play piano. Uh, Claudia, for example, was a great artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know, man. They don't. They don't really seem to drill no, down. No, they on say it much, takes. But, it uh, takes ten thousand hours, you know, to make an expert. That's five years at forty hours a week. And they have so you know five hundred. So they have. They could be an expert in a hundred things at this point. Right. Yeah, yeah man. Oh, easily. Mm. Mm-hmm. I will point out that in the book series, Lestat does become a, a rock he, god. Yes, he becomes a he. Yeah. A rock star. I heard that from my friend. Certainly does. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Queen of the Damned exists. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> Never saw it. Um, as the third book uh, in the series, and as a movie from I believe 2002, if I'm not mistaken. Um, has Aaliyah. Yep, it does have Aaliyah. Rip, um, rip. Who, who, by the way, Aaliyah is still like one of the top 20 female uh, uh, artists in earnings of all time. That's crazy. Like, think think about that. That is insane. 
Um, I think she's like 17 or something like that. Like it's, it's unreal. Um, so Caleb, uh, the movie ends, uh, where did we get to? So we got to him meeting, uh, meeting, uh, and signing up with this, this group of Parisian in the, in the film, um, they kind of, the other vampires kind of figure out like the person who turned these people isn't here and they won't talk about them. Uh, and this abomination, which is which they kind of refer to as Claudia, um, shouldn't exist. It's it's a very big deal to turn someone so young into a vampire because um, it's kind of wrong on a lot of levels um, to do that to mm-hmm. a kid. And so they kind of figure out that Lestat was murdered or they they assume so. And so they end up capturing Louis and throwing him into a coffin and walling his coffin into a wall and then putting Claudia and the newly uh, turned Madeline, the woman who is supposed to be her mother figure um, into a courtyard so that the sun can burn them. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Brutal. Super, super goth right there. I, the idea of burying someone alive is like my favorite. The cask of Amontillado treatment is <laughs> like among my favorite things ever. Um, yeah, they find out about Lestat because Santiago, uh, who was an assistant to Armand, uh, which is uh, Antonio Banderas' character, uh, Santiago, played by Stephen Ray, um, reads Louis's mind as he's walking out of the catacombs, reads his mind as he's thinking about Lestat. And he's like, oh, word? Oh, that's what, that's how this went down. I think you killed this motherfucker. Let's uh, organize a lynching. See, I didn't catch that. Did they actually say that in the film? Okay. Mm -hmm. It was, it was the dude who climbed on walls, like Mm -hmm. whenever they first met in like the alley, right? Yeah. Cause I remember Mm -hmm. thinking that this guy spent his time, right? He learned something. Uh, Yeah. But he ended (laughs) up reading his mind later and was like, wait, who did you say? Who did you say? It seems like vampirism. Like as a disease in this universe, which it most definitely is. Like the further on down the chain, away from the um, uh, the first person to contract it, gets weaker and weaker. That's what they seem to indicate, at least with Louis not mm-hmm. having the same kind of the, and vamp- the, Yeah, and vampires also get stronger as they age yeah. mm-hmm. in this universe. So then, um, Armand breaks Louis out, but it's too late to save Claudia and Madeline. They're dead and a really cool sequence where their ashes like fall apart. Um, and they're, those were hand sculpted by uh, Stan Winston himself, by the oh. way. I know. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mega awesome mm-hmm. practical effects, like prop work. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He studied, uh, Hiroshima, uh, bombing victims, like pictures of them and stuff in order. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, wow. that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, so then after that, Louis just goes buck wild and kills all the other vampires. Um, Armand is not in there when uh, in the crypt where the, all the other vampires sleep, sleep. And he rescues Louis, um, and they go off into the sunset. And then there's a weird scene where like they're walking, and, and the costuming is very different. Um, and Louis basically says, like, I'm not going to hang out with you anymore, bro. I'm going to go do my thing because uh, you would just suck all of my emotions and my the rest of my humanity, which barely exists at all, from me. Um, and in the book, there's a there's actually three years in between that night and mm-hmm. that scene. So that, it's a bit disjointed to me um, at the, as an ending because like it just moves super, super fast. 
And then we get to the wrap up of the interview where Daniel tells Louis, like, that's it. He's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. well, I just like hung out during the eighties and did a lot of blow um, like everybody else. And, um, and then, yeah. And I came back to the United States and um, there's a great meetup scene with Lestat at the end where Lestat Mm -hmm. has not died. turns out, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he did come back and try to murder them as they left new Orleans, but uh, he got burned up. And so you think he's dead again, because the irony of this film is that they keep saying like vampires are immortal and nothing can kill them. But like a lot of things seem to be able to get pretty damn close, if not actually kill them like fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or sigh. Yeah. Yeah. A good decapitation seems to be, which by the way, also Santiago did not like burn past the point of like, like to where he should have expired. Uh, he charges at Louis during the whole killing the whole coven scene charges at Louis who just straight like chops off like across the shoulder. Like, so like one like shoulder and arm is still attached to the head, like upper torso area, like really slices them really good, but it's not like a, you wouldn't call that a decapitation. He just got kind of like bisected, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's just totally enough to kill this guy, mm-hmm. which I mean, I guess if it wasn't, maybe it stunned him long enough to lay there on the ground while the place burned down. And that's how he died. like, whatever. I don't know, man, explain it away however you have to, but it's kind of fascinating because like, wait, do you mean to tell me like, if you cut a vampire kind of a little bit, like when, uh, Lestat gets his cheeks sliced up, uh, by Claudia and they heal, right? Wolverine style just heals right up. But I guess if you chop a, a good portion of a vampire off, they die. Like I don't, I don't know. Man. The rules it's, are kind of flimsy, thing. is my point. Which I think you're pointing yeah. out as well. And they go through the movie talking about, yeah, they go through the movie talking about how a lot of the old tropes aren't true. Like, yes, you can look at crucifixes, you know, blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Um, you know, garlic is whatever. Garlic is um, tasty. Yeah, but definitely sunlight, definitely fire, and apparently like getting like 25 percent of your body chopped away with a scythe. That's as long as it includes the head. Yeah. 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 Fuck wild. And so uh, then the interviewee, Daniel's like, well, you got to turn me because that's the only way I'm going to understand, like, truly how this all works. And, and uh, you know, Louis like, you didn't learn anything again, which is obvious. It means he's told somebody else's story before um, mm-hmm. and he threatens to kill him. And then instead of killing him, he leaves. And then the dudes run away and puts uh, the tapes into his tape player starts listening to the interview again, just to make sure he got it all. And guess who happens to be in the backseat of his car, but Lestat. And that's a, I actually really like that the way this ends because him and Christian Lestat and Christian Slater's character, Daniel right off into the night, um, implying that Lestat is going to give him the choice that he never had, just like he did Louis and turn him, which isn't really much of a choice because who wants to die? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird thing for a mortal to try to comprehend. I am, I I have spent too much time considering immortality. No, kill me, please <laughs> some, kill me. Some would say, uh, and I still don't know what side of the fence I lie on at this point. Like I've I've really considered it a lot, and I still think, damn man, maybe sticking around forever is not that awful. You know what I mean? I think it's once, I think it's if you somehow manage to survive, like. What happens if you survive past the point of the human population? You know what I mean? A lot of like, good that's books. when shit gets. Yeah, I guess. Who's the blue dude from Watchmen? Doctor Manhattan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just look at him. He's not happy. 
Yeah. No, no, he's not. You just go to Mars at that he point. He goes right? to Mars and, and then eventually he goes to create his own little human beings to do experiments on. So Yeah. Yeah, but he had different powers, man. He had he, he had a power God. powers. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm down for uh, immortality, at least for like a couple hundred years. I could live a couple hundred years. That's not what immortality well, means, Caleb. Well, well, but the but the thing is, they I mean, uh, Armand in the movie even says like a lot of people who get turned can't fucking right? handle it and end up offing themselves. So th- so that's a possibility. You can just do it. You just light yourself on fire if you're done. But how does yep. the vampire off you know? himself? We've already determined that lightning him on fire doesn't work. The sun. They say on the oh. oh yeah totally okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah. true okay. yeah. Yeah, actually, in um, I think a good like five hundred years seems yeah, okay. Exactly, you got a good run. Do five hundred years and then a good five hundo. Raise a couple yeah. families. Kill like Men are countless, weird. countless people. <laughs> we just want to like <laughs> masturbate a lot more than you do. I, think. I guess. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, because well, you're not. Yeah, but as we've already established, you ain't fucking. That's true. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah. That that blood ain't flowing, Mm-mm. dog. Mm-mm. Need some popsicle sticks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> don't forget the medical tape I gotta apologize right now um, this doesn't look right I know but it's it's what I got so um, just ignore hey, the man. tape for right now don't act like this is the first time you see somebody try to awkwardly push rope yes. okay everybody's into something so. right? oh yeah for sure. uh, so cast of this movie is like mm-hmm. <laughs> we've done it uh, the cast of this movie is pretty crazy. We've already mentioned a lot of it, but like, let me just run through this a little bit. We've got nope. Tom Cruise. This is nineteen fucking ninety four. We've got Tom Cruise. We've got Brad Pitt, Kristen, uh, Christian Slater, mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst, Antonio mm-hmm. Banderas, Stephen Ray. That's like six huge fucking names by today's standards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Kirsten Dunst obviously wasn't wasn't a huge deal at the time. Um, Brad Pitt had found some fame, but wasn't nearly as huge as he would become shortly after this. Um, I mean, yeah, this is like, I mean, Antonio Banderas as well. I'm not as familiar with a lot of his earlier work, but I mean, he really found his heyday in the mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. um, into the two thousands. Like this is a, I mean, this was a very successful movie too, monetarily at the very least. And an interesting movie. Um, even if, even if not everyone thinks it's good, it is an interesting thing that made it into theaters. Um, I feel like this movie may have definitely helped to, skyrocket some careers you know tom cruise was already doing well like well well before this movie he happened. got 10 million for being in it and he got um percentage of profits at the back end so yeah yeah he i mean for a 60 million dollar budget movie this man got got paid 10 million dollars plus uh plus uh rights afterwards so i mean it's you know that's it's still wild. bigger budget than uh, Bram Chris- stoker's dracula which i might point out which is crazy to me mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh Christian, speaking of pay, pay, mm-hmm. uh, and scale and all that, Christian Slater donated all of his money, uh, all of his pay from this movie to a charity, um, that River Phoenix, uh, supported because River Phoenix was originally to be, uh, cast into this movie, I think, and he died during the production or just before the four weeks before, um, just a month, yeah. So, fucking good on Christian Slater. I don't know. I, I have never looked into that man's personal life. I hope he's not a monster because I kind of really like him. Yeah. Like it was one of those things where, you know, I, I, I don't, I have not Googled his name or visited his Wikipedia page and I kind of don't want to. All your heroes um, are bad. Probably. Yeah, man. It, as it turns out, nobody gets power without doing a bunch of fucked up shit at some point. So, you know, that's the way that goes. I don't believe I've ever uh, seen his name. You want to talk about the, you want to talk about the real vampires. Let's talk about, I was going to say Congress. But we could just say old white men, right? That's really fair weird. enough. Um, you're so, not wrong. <laughs> 
here we are. Um, this movie made some fucking money. Like, considering the budget, it uh, I, what was the what was the total? Uh, two hundred twenty-five like million. Two hundred. Yeah, that's buck wild. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm not a numbers person by any means, and I'm not great at understanding. You know where something is a runaway crazy profit in the in the movie industry, but I mean turning sixty million into two hundred twenty four seems okay. Yeah, they're doing good. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but critically, which I kind of hinted at earlier, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just kind of maybe it's because I fucking hang out with a lot of goths. You know what I mean? Like maybe that was my crowd for too long because I one love this movie and two everyone I know kind of really really likes this movie. Um, everyone who watched it or. All right, man, let's be honest. Last time I talked about this movie, I was like 15, right? But, you know, everyone seemed to like it at the time. But critically, uh, it's current. Yeah, it's currently sitting at a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Most people were middling to positive on, on it. Not a lot of people hated this movie uh, critically, but definitely middling into like your, your 70s kind of range. It's kind of shocking, I think. Seems like you guys are on that on, on that tip though, right? Like you guys seem to both kind of think like, eh, it's kind of an average movie." Uh, I I remember I kind of hung out with like the punk uh, goth kids too, and I remember, and my uncle also played in like a metal band when I was little, and so he went as the crow for like three years in a row for Halloween when I was very young, and so hell yeah, yeah, a good uncle, mm, yeah, and. Uh, so I, I remember this movie being talked about. I've watched it exactly once before now and how everybody loved this movie. Have, you know, talked about this movie. I have a friend. My best friend now is a huge fan of Anne Rice and he just talks about how great it is. And maybe I was going in with very big expectations of it being like a mm. groundbreaking movie, which I could see how it was for the time. This uh, is essentially an openly gay movie. In like 1994, so yeah, 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 and the, I just was very distracted by Tom Cruise's wig. It's bad. Yeah, it, yeah, like, it's not great. It's not great. Like, um, speaking of this being kind of an an openly or I mean thinly veiled uh kind of gay movie, um, Anne Rice when she was creating the screenplay actually originally was kind of worried about that and was like, this is not going to go over in theaters, and had considered changing Lestat's character to a woman. Who was to be played by Bad Cher? Choice. Bad choice. Wait, I, I, I want to say something about Anne Rice's no. yeah. uh, choices for yeah. cast is horrible. She she it's she has some very terrible ideas of what actors should play roles in her films. Um, in my personal opinion, she should find someone who does for Game of Thrones what could do for her stuff do you know what i mean like she needs to find people who have yeah. much better opinions on everything than her unfortunately when it comes to adapting her stuff she's a great writer i like her you're going writing. no we're gonna disagree a movie with a vampire share awesome <sighs> awesome i'm not gonna lie like mid 90s share boobies possibly being in a movie that caleb could have seen as a 12 you know 15 year old boy is not a bad thing Think about um, magic pizza. Yep. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it. I'm thinking about that mm-hmm. video where she was in that like Teddy, that le- leather Teddy, mm-hmm. you know, for the mm-hmm. whole thing. And her mm-hmm. son was playing guitar, mm-hmm. like right next to her and it was super awkward. Yeah. Thinking about yeah. that. I, yeah. Like, and then she initiates and a threesome with Brad Pitt. All right. Mm. I'm not, I'm coming around on this idea a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Um, 
But she wanted like John Malkovich to play Lestat. No, thank you. Oh no, we're done with that. Yeah, w- yeah. When they when they uh, had casted Tom Cruise, she was in- initially very against that, and I actually and and she ended up going back on that and actually like kind of apologizing to him and saying it was it was actually great. He was perfect, but initially. She was like, "Oh hell no, not Tom Cruise." Which I, I, I mean, what the fuck? The guy was in Top Gun. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that's not the guy. Uh, also, a very homoerotic movie, though. So kind of up <laughs> his alley. No offense to him. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, yeah, sometimes the people the most outspoken are. Well, anyway. Um, so let's not get hit with the libel <laughs> uh, lawsuit, please. Thank you very much. Yeah, and Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise seems like a highly litigious person. Uh, Scientology um, has a lot more money than we do. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anne Rice mm-hmm. is what I was talking about, and she was very upset with Tom uh, Cruise being cast. And so, like Caleb said, she had suggested a ton of people to include John Malkovich. Which, what the actual <laughs> fuck? No, thank you. I love John um, Malkovich. Don't get me wrong; like he's a great actor. Yeah, no, but... for sure. But not he is not no. a vampire. He's maybe a vampire in in Thirty Days of Night. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he play I mean? a very like, good corporate vampire. Yes. Yes. Yo, corporate vampires fucking rule, by the way. That's another thing I'm really into. That is a whole aesthetic that I'm like all about. Um, hey, I didn't look this up and I meant to earlier, Caleb. I'm wondering or or Courtney, if either of you have done any research um, or come across this in your travels. Uh, the contacts that they had to wear for this movie. Mm. Do you know if it if it blocked out their vision? Because there are a lot of scenes, especially with um, with Louis, with uh, with Brad Pitt. There are a lot of scenes where. I understand the idea of the piercing gaze where the eyes are, are open and, and, and they rarely blink and they often stare uh, very intently. So I, I get that idea, but there are a lot of scenes like where he goes to sit down and you can very much tell that he is like kind of feeling his way down into the seat. And I'm wondering if they were mostly or kind of blind <laughs> while filming a lot of this, you know? Caleb, do you have a definite answer? I don't have a definite answer, but I'm thinking about... I can give con- an approximate one. No, go ahead. Oh, I, I, so, it, I mean, it was filmed in 94, and even in those days, like, cause soft contacts weren't really a, a thing at that point. Right. Um, I know in Daredevil, um, Ben Affleck had to wear contacts that made him look blind, and so he was mm-hmm. blind. And so in the way that their pupils were so small in that, I would say it was probably the same as well to make the irises look super huge and super piercing but probably also covered the yeah. people in that way. Um, the same kind of happened in Lord of the Rings when they filmed that, like Legolas had to wear, Orlando Bloom had to wear certain um, contacts to do that. And he said they messed with his vision as well, even though that was filmed later on and soft contacts had come a mm-hmm. long way. So, And in talking about uh, Fred Durst, once mm-hmm. again, uh, Wes Borland of Limp Biscuit fame, um, his sclera contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember looking into buying white sclera contacts one year in, this was probably like 2007 uh, and it was still like, hey, man, unless you pay a lot of money, anything that like fucking really covers the entirety of your eye is going to make you mm-hmm. blind, you dumbass. Um, so anyway, I, I just I wonder if that was a thing, because there are a couple scenes where the movement of the acting is a little stilted in a way that suggests maybe they weren't seeing too great. Um, I'll have to look. I mean, that part up. of that is, I'm, is I'm the curious. way that they're supposed to be lilting, I think, too, you know, kind of flowy and uh, and whatnot. Oh, also, sure. Brad Pitt is um, about five inches taller than Tom Cruise. And so Tom Cruise had to wear lifts or literally walk alongside him in a shallow ditch um, for mm-hmm. scenes. So yeah. they didn't appear too uh, lopsided. Mm-hmm. Look, man, 
How much of that do you think is Tom Cruise's doing? Oh, it's all his doing. He doesn't want to appear because in, uh, infantile towards anyone. Yeah, but because I mean, I'm just thinking about literally any movie he's ever been in, but especially like this one because it's what we're talking about here. What the fuck difference does it make if Lestat is like five inches shorter than Louis? Like, who cares, right? Like, like what fucking di- that makes literally no difference because the thing is he's an imposing figure because of his age and his power as a vampire and because he is the sire right right he's not imposing because he's physically larger Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's i don't know it the fragility of tom cruise is ever fascinating i'm just saying i just can't imagine like being with him on set with like when he played with cameron diaz who was like 5'11 and having to be like her height or taller and like what (laughs) he made cameron diaz do <laughs> I think that's why he likes playing in the Mission Impossible movies because he's literally the only person on screen for a lot of that, and so he doesn't mm-hmm. have to deal with those issues. Plus, he's mm-hmm. like yep. an, an just EP. Shoot, just shoot him low. Yeah, he's an executive producer on those, so like he gets a huge ton of the profits. Um, <laughs> I should also point out that like they shot so much in the dark on this film that Brad Pitt got super depressed about it. Like yeah. he was basically Aww. like yeah. living an inverse life, like a vampire life, you know, like sleeping during the day and working at night and was just like miserable. And he hated the character. Um, Louis is, you know, from an acting perspective, boring as fuck. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The little humanity you get to show isn't much because it's a vampire showing humanity. Um, and that's a lot of the criticism this movie gets is that the characters are flat, but they're supposed to be. I mean, it's it's the whole point. I don't think that's really a fair criticism of him because I think he succeeds at what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking goths are morose, dude. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's the fucking way of things. Goths are literally the fuck. They're like, they're walking black embodiments of the words. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know? Like, that's just, that's the way it if goes. Apathy had care. a picture in the de- dictionary. It would be a goth kid for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If my parents had a fucking dollar for every time I told them whatever during my pseudo goth fucking phases, man, I'm telling you, like, well, they probably would have put me through college. Mm-hmm. Did you read this? You said you read this book <laughs> in high school, right? Yeah. Well, junior high, probably high school. Like, Do you remember grade. a lot about it? Neither do Not I. Really. Uh, and Anne Rice's stuff is really um, sort of drawn out. The books are very long um, and not. Not a ton happens. They're very exposition heavy and like and like description heavy. It's very much it's like Tolkien in a way, but not nearly as academic. So it just gets uh it it drones really heavily. And by the end of the like I said, I didn't look this up, but I think it's I think it's a the main story is like a trilogy or maybe a quadrilogy, but by the by the end of that, things were getting erotic. Oh yeah. And I am not one to shy away from uh, you know, porn or erotica or nudity or anything else like that. That, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me, but it really got to a point where it was like, okay, now this is no longer horror. This is just erotica or maybe erotic horror. Um, but mm. I just got to a point where I was like, I'm. Have you read this, Courtney? No, but what from what he's describing, it sounds like Life of Anna. I'm unfamiliar with that. Yeah. Oh, too. don't read that unless you just want to read porn for like 500 pages. Now, she did write an entire erotica trilogy. Um, yeah, like that. The Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, which yep. I, I haven't read any of mm-hmm. Anne Rice, but my, like I said, my best friend's super into it, so he tells me about it any any chance he gets. I maintain that Anne Rice is one of the best, especially these these three, or like I said, maybe four. I should There's just like up seven I or eight like of, these, time, but, of these 
vampire. Oh, there, well, there are there are a lot. And they're they're yeah. ongoing, um, as I understand. But um, the original few, um, they're not bad. They're and they're they're like if you're into vampires or if you're into um, sort of horror culture, horror novels, um, it's a must read. It's on that list of shit you got to check out. Mm-hmm. Can we go back and talk about the special effects for a second? Because uh, something I forgot. Um, yeah, hell yeah. So. Stan Winston did the special effects for this. We kind of, we mentioned that earlier. Um, and they initially mm-hmm. weren't going to go to him because he was known for large animatronic um, set pieces like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But he proved them completely wrong by doing all these amazing effects in this film The and, and the methodology behind them. So in order to get realistic veins in the actors, oh they hung God, them yeah. upside down for 30 minutes. The actors? Yes. and. Yeah, to get all the blood to rush to their yep. head. And then they could see the veins on their on their faces really, really well. And then they traced them with a light blue, um, some sort of applique. I, they don't really say how they did it, probably because Stan Winston's keeping it a secret, um, to get these really realistic veins to be faintly blue on the screen. And in, like, you know, high HD currently, dude, I mean, you could tell it's makeup, but it looks real. Yeah. No, they still... They still look really good. Uh, also, shout out, shout out to Stan Winston, man, Virginia native from like right up the road. Also, RIP, because he died in two thousand and eight. Mm. But yeah, no, I, Super I mean, neat. I did. Uh, I went to acting school for a year, and I, I did uh, part of my specialty was in Hollywood makeup. So I literally just thought that he painted these veins on. I mean, they did. Yeah, but... and in a in a way, he I, did, but he used a real life their real life vascular structure for. Yeah, reference. I mean, that's cool. I was just like, huh. What do you Thanks. think of the costuming in this film, Courtney? It was good. Yeah. Usually, like, the costuming for the time period and everything was very good. I, um, I really liked it myself, so. There was a part where, I guess, they came back to Louie's house after going out, and I wrote mm-hmm. down that Tom Cruise looks like he went to a party and misunderstood the theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because he's, like, sitting there with uh, his the- leg on the table, and he looks very disappointed. <laughs> If you consider that it's been like 150 or 200 years or so since they've sort of parted ways and uh, you get to like 1984 and then he discovers Lestat in in this old cemetery area mm-hmm. and he's wearing them raggedy old clothes. It, I mean, it is implied that he has just been fucking slumming for the better part of a century mm-hmm. or more. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Which is crazy when you consider how sort of how broken he must be. You know what I mean? How hedonistic he was uh, for so long and how much uh, importance he placed on his looks and things is very, a very uh, sort of dandy type guy, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you, you, you come to him during what I can only describe as like the most intense, like fucking uh, goth depression that I've ever seen. That is just that, that scene is just very much like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. I get it now. It's, it's every, it's every 16 year old ever Mm -hmm. got it. But I do yeah. love his reprisal because like that style, that forever style that he has because he's kind of locked into that time period is kind mm-hmm. of perfect for the 90s because. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. And Prince. he's. Yeah. Prince. And he's just driving the car and he does that, that. They take that shot and he like fixes his lapels and he pulls them through the yeah. sleeves. And I'm just like, that's awesome, man. Like, that's just that's the stat, you yeah. know, like and the blue. Uh, he constantly is wearing that blue coat and it's just, it's very iconic. Mm-hmm. Like 
royalty blue blood through and through you know lestat is the brat prince as they say in the books and it mm-hmm. it plays through mm-hmm. it's really good for that mm-hmm. um so i should say that um there is technically a it, depending on how you want to look at it there's a technical sequel in queen of the damned the movie um which does skip over the book the vampire lestat um and goes directly to Queen of the Damned. Um, it is not a direct sequel because no one reprises a role. Uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Brad Pitt, like neither of them show up. Um, I don't remember. I've, I've not looked into Queen of the Damned because we weren't really talking about it tonight. So I don't really know how that was received or anything else. It's not. I don't think it's a great movie. And I Wait. I see. I love it, but I don't think it's a great movie. Queen of the Damned was received poorly. Yes. I remember that being a badass flick. I mean, I think you might have liked it. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's that's what I remember too. But I was, I was young and like in that zone. You know what I mean? When did it come out? It came out in uh, uh, two thousand two. Yeah, uh, I was twelve. That explains it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, I'm not pulling up anything immediately. Just cursory glance. I don't want to spend the time googling while we're on mm-hmm. air. But um, yeah, I mean, I I liked it when it came out. But so there's that. Um, in the way of sequels, now there is a. Talk of a of a new adaptation of a remake, sort of a reboot, um, where uh, da, 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 written by Josh Boone, who I'm not familiar with, was announced in May 2016, with Boone suggesting that fucking Jared Leto should play. Not a bad stat. choice. No thanks. I am fucking done with this guy. I am fucking done with him. Like I'm just I'm over it. I'm over the obsession with him. Um, my favorite role that he's ever played is him getting the ever living shit kicked out of it's him in the club. That's good. Like, because he played a fucking great role, and also it's Jared Little getting the he's shit. He's really good in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, though. Yeah, I w- that's another thing I was gonna say is like he's he's pretty great in that too. But I don't know. I'm over it. I'm over the obsession with him. Um, of course, this announcement was made in twenty sixteen, which was like fucking prime ass Jared Little time. So like, sure. Um. It does seem that since then, uh, Anne Rice has actually regained the rights to her novels Good. and intends to create a television series starting with The Vampire Lestat because that, that is what she wants to do. She's told this story, and she has for years and years and years been trying to tell the Lestat story, and it's not working out. Um, so apparently that movie has been shit-canned, and Anne Rice is going to try to make a television series based on this shit. Hey, guys, Anne Rice is fucking 77 years old. It is not time for her to make a television series anywhere direct direct to stream or 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 otherwise like there's it is not time. I think if she had the right creative uh, team with her, she could do it. Like I said earlier, um, I'd like to see Ryan Gosling play Louis. Mm. Oh, shit. I think yeah. he'd be very good. Even or I mean, yeah. I, he could be a little stat too. He could be a little stat. Yeah, I would like him better as so. though. Yeah, who would you pick as this list? I think he needs he, he needs somebody like out there. I think Jared Leto is not a bad choice actually, even now. No, it's 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 not a bad choice. Oh, I'm just wait, fucking over oh, wait. that guy. What if we did Jason Mewes as Lestat? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, he is kind just, of a wait, walking corpse, but mm-hmm. just imagine it. Marinate with it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There would be a lot of smoochy yes. boochies yeah, in there. Mm. He's, 
He's got he's got a lot of catchphrases, which I really appreciate about a man. I appreciate a man. Could with you a lot imagine of if Kevin Smith wrote the movie? Oh my god, we've got a new movie. <laughs> I would love that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, that Kevin Smith is the type. I mean, looking looking at yeah. Tusk, mm-hmm. looking how that happened, mm-hmm. he is the type to just get a fucking wild hair up his ass and decide to make a bad mm-hmm. movie. So mm-hmm. maybe somebody should talk to him about doing. Instead, just shows up and he's like, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." Mm. Let us <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I just watched Zach and Mary. So. <laughs> oh man, but, uh, yeah, that is a good movie. Yeah, Zach and Mary is good. I, I maintain, I maintain that Zach and Mary. It's is a great a, movie. Was he was, was Kevin um, into pot when he made Zach and Mary? Is that like I'm sure. Sh- I think I think by that time he was. Yeah, because I mean, I think that was around that was around the genesis of his, of of Kevin Smith. Because when he got, got like too far into it, I think is when he started having problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. It can it, it it can do that. <laughs> the weed can do that to people. Yeah, I it took me like forty five minutes to get out of a Forza Horizon four menu the other night. So like it can do that. I think yeah. you can you can kind of get lost in yeah, some shit. I, I mean, I, I the picture that I got taken with him was in like two thousand six fifteen, I think, and uh, he was still very much into weed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he 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 still oh, okay. is for sure. But I think I think he he adopted it late. He adopted it probably. If I had to put a time a, a rough guess, at probably like two thousand. I'm not judging him for doing it. I just don't think he should be writing while he's high. I don't think that his best material comes out when he is smoking. Is my point. Mm. No, there are some people to whom uh, cannabis is a great creative aid, um, and there are some there are some folks who should probably just watch how it's made on youtube for like five hours straight and that's like that's where they need or to be. podcast yeah 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 man i thought about some big old doinks before recording the night and then i remembered that i was supposed to be the one i was supposed to be the one fucking hosting this and there's no re- no way that could happen um yeah so this is this is it also this does this movie go out on sympathy sympathy for the devil like that's that's how this movie ends, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it kind of sets up for a sequel. I think that's what a little yeah, a little on the nose with that weird. That was that was jarring in a way. Like I realized, like, hey, and now we're in modern times, and I I, I get that sort of end punch of the movie, but like, fucking sympathy for the devil started playing, and I was like, mm, bad choice. Like you could have just kept like an orchestral thing or something because it's still a vampire on screen, and it would have been fine. They're still driving off into the sunset, so to speak. Like it's, it would have been okay. Um. Yeah, we did it. I, I think. think so. About about an hour, about an hour on this movie. Not too bad. I'm still, you know what? Fuck it. I could watch it again. I could go another ten years without watching it again. Hmm. A little bit of time to marinate wouldn't be bad, but I'll tell you what: doing this Vampire Month has reignited something within me, and your boy is now once again fucking into vampires like in a unhealthy way man i've spent the other night i spent a lot of time researching like historical encounters uh, and reports of vampirism it's a good rabbit hole to be down yeah i mean it's not bad uh i'm looking forward to next week yeah what's up what's up what's coming up next week caleb I'm forgetting mm-hmm. i think it's lost boys oh you know, I've is never seen Boys? that. That would be good. Um, I don't think it is. I think we are doing. Oh, it's from, from Dust Till, Till Dawn. Dawn. And maybe. then we yeah. have a Geek Squatch now for the end of the month. 
which yeah if you if you have you might yeah, have a boy. guess as to what it might be and i am very excited for it yeah you think about vampires you think about some shit that you know we love here on this show and you think about shit that's coming out here in october put your little minds to work and see if you can't guess it um here we are an hour in i think it's time to close out folks I think we've done. I think we've said all we need to say. And does anyone have any closing points or any any like additional like thoughts or or ideas that you you'd had come up during your viewing or over the week? I'm kind of tapped on it, really. I mean, I've I've said all I need to say. I fucking love this movie. It's great. No, I'm good. I I, I think we, I think we gave it its due. You know, it's it started um, the glam vampire trend. I want to say this is vampires. Okay, like like it's this. Or if you wanted to go into a modern setting, it's this and Underworld. Like that's like, but Underworld one. Like right. after that, I, I kind of, I've seen all of them, but the first one is is the best of them. And see, yeah. I prefer the Underworld Except, style of vampire for sure. There is a whole scene in Underworld two though, where that vampire who has been uh, excommunicated is like chilling in that castle, and uh, there's a Pussifer song that plays through, which is really fucking good. It's a really great song. And he's just having like a fucking dope ass vampire orgy. And that's just how that guy lives his whole life in exile. It's pretty great. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Seems okay. Um, those vampires definitely fuck. Oh yeah. Lots of fucking going on for sure. Yeah. Next year we'll do that one. Cause didn't that come out in like 1999 or something? No, man, it's 2001 or well, we'll make an exception. Yeah. We fuck it, dude. It's our show. Yeah, we we want. talk about yeah, whatever we want because we're talking about the Matrix. And when we talk about the Matrix, you best believe I'm doing. Oh, a yeah, we're doing all. Of them. Yeah, there's no choice. We have to. <laughs> um. All right, guys. Well, that's it. We did it. That's the show. Uh, you have been listening to Geek Squatch Podcast. You can find us all over the internet if you're curious. If you want to interact with us in some way, shape, or form, Twitter's probably the best at Geek Squatch Pod. But there's also our website where you can find all of our old shows. You can also find the contact page. If you want to send us some long-form commentary that doesn't exactly fit in your 240-character limit for Twitter. Um, or you could email us directly if you prefer not going to the website. If you just like to do it out of your email client, that is podcast at geekswatch.com. Uh, as far as keeping up with us, the hosts, you can find me on Twitter at W-A-Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H. And you can find Caleb on Twitter at it resolves. Uh, Courtney, how can people find you or do you want them to? Uh, she she can't hear us for some reason. So, oh okay. Um, Courtney is around somewhere on the internet, presumably. But I know for a fact that you can find her on the Lifeboat Correct. podcast, right? Which we mentioned earlier, which is also a Ninja Pancake property. Which I would, I would like to thank Ninja Pancake for hosting us, um, as well as Lifeboat. Um, and then also our standard, our customary shoutouts to Speaker Freaks for the intro music. Um, to all of you lovely folks who are listening and have listened before, we love your support. You guys are great. Um, I didn't put out a blast this week, so I have no listener commentary. So, with that, I guess we're out. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, I'm glad we finally decided the vampires can't fuck. That's good. Yeah. It was just, I mean, you know, setting is important. Yeah. I think is I think is the way to look at. It. I think it's universally like because we don't really have a universal definition for how vampires work. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, we just 
I think, you know, in universe, it just depends. And definitely in the, in the Anne Rice, no fuck verse, they just don't fuck. Yeah. <laughs>